Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back. I'm really excited today to share with you a conversation that I had yesterday with one of my best friends. Ben Shipley is an elder here at the Lindale Church, and he came by the office yesterday. We were just talking. We do that a lot. But I always enjoy it and get something out of it because Ben is the single most self-disciplined person maybe that I've ever met in my life. Once he decides that something is right, he doesn't care how hard it is. In fact, it's like it needs to be really difficult to accomplish in order to be worth his while. In that way, he's kind of a nice counterbalance to what we covered last week, where we talked about working smarter, not harder. Ben is a guy who is not going to labor foolishly. He's looking for the wisest, most efficient way to do it. But once he finds it, it doesn't matter how difficult it is. If he has determined it is the best way, he will find a way to do it. So he applies hard work, challenging steps to wise decisions. Let me give you a few examples from his past. He had a vice, an addiction, many, many years ago. He decided one day to give it up, and that was the end of it. He never went back, not once. Five years ago, he decided to become plant-based, a vegan-like diet, and so that's what he did five years later. He is still holding to it just like he did on day one. I mean, who does that? We start things all the time, and even though we still know they are valuable, we quit them. He does not. He's committed to a certain amount of Bible study and listening to sermons per week, a certain amount of miles ridden on his bike. It doesn't matter if he's sick or having ankle replacement surgery. As soon as possible, that's where he is. He's incredibly disciplined. So I like to hear him talk about that because I'm trying, but I'm nowhere near where he is. He was talking to me yesterday about Luke. My son Luke is a golfer, and Ben is his golf coach. So he was explaining to me some of the things he told Luke out on the range that morning, really pertaining to that age-old idea of how do we do hard things when we know that they are the right things. Okay, anyway, he says, Chris, have you ever read about what it takes to tame an elephant? And I said, no. And he said, it is very hard to do. They are massive, dangerous, powerful animals. They are wild animals. Elephants have never truly been domesticated, where you kind of raise them generation after generation and cause adaptations to their behavior. They are wild and unpredictable. However, throughout history, 
Their power has been extremely valuable, useful in war. You may think about Hannibal from ancient history, useful in construction or carrying loads or any number of things. So throughout history, it has been worth people's while to tame an elephant. But it is a grueling process. In fact, I was doing a lot of research on that today in preparation for this episode. It is inhumane, really, the way that it is done, but it cannot be done any other way. If their will is not broken, if their minds are not changed, they will kill you. You have to completely break them down and then rebuild them in a different way. And each one has to go through the same process. Like I said, there's no generational domestication. But if you fail to do this correctly, it probably won't end well for you. Did you know that elephants are the most dangerous mammal on the face of the earth? If you don't count Homo sapiens, of course. Elephants are so strong and wild that they are more dangerous every year, even now, than lions and tigers and bears and dogs and hippopotamuses and horses. In fact, you could choose any two of those and combine the numbers, and elephants still kill more people per year than those. Which may bring about the question, why would you even try to tame them at all? But throughout history, it's been worth it in exponential ways because of their power. Anyway, Ben talked a little bit about that, and then he said this, There is an elephant living in each and every person. That creature is wild. Not generationally domesticated, it is strong and it is powerful, and also extremely dangerous. So dangerous, it would be better to just not have it. It probably isn't even worth all of the hard, grueling work that it takes to tame it. We might be better off without it. And there have been plenty of sermons preached trying to teach you how to just get rid of that thing, let it go, or kill it but it will not leave you. It is built to live in you, and you must tame it. Because if you don't, it will destroy you. But if you do, it has the power and ability to do incredible and otherwise unattainable things in your life. And then Ben says this to me. He says, Chris, The elephant that lives inside of you is your me monster. Now, that kind of took me by surprise. I thought he was going to say the tongue or something because I was thinking about James and not taming it. But he was talking about something even more dangerous than that. In each and every one of us, there is self-focus. This natural inclination to focus on yourself, to take care of yourself, to think about yourself, and to do things that are good for yourself. Now, you can try to get rid of that. We can preach sermons that say, stop thinking about yourself. Stop looking out for your own interests. 
Get rid of that. Make it all about Jesus and all about others, but the elephant will never leave the room. I mean, even in the Bible, this is referenced multiple times. The Apostle Paul told husbands to love their own wives like their own bodies. He goes on to say, everyone takes care of themselves, or at least they should. So the way you want people to treat you, self-focused, that's how you should treat others. Jesus talked about that. It's funny, it just hit me that this next thing I was going to tell you, I also heard from Ben Shipley a few years ago. He said, Chris, you understand that you are at the center of every experience you've ever had. So you being in the middle of it and a focal point in it is just the way it is. Now, here's his point. You've got two choices. If you choose not to tame your elephant, if you refuse to get that self-focus under control, if you are unwilling to break it down and reform it into positive, productive patterns, it will destroy you. It will wreak havoc with its power. It will consume your life. It will carry you away from Jesus. It will become selfishness, self-centeredness, self-righteousness, all of those self-serving humanistic ideas that not only trample your spirit in the end, but oftentimes hurt the people around you. So what are you going to do? You have this incredibly strong creature in you that cannot be eliminated and can do great damage. Well, you tame it. You do really strong, unwavering, definitive things in your own mind and in your own life You take that me-focused element of your spirit and you own it and you stare at it and you say, this is in me and I will use it to improve my life. I will use it to position myself to serve others. I will use it to take care of this vessel so that I can be better for others. I will get my life under control and that will allow me to build more godliness into my life instead of just breaking things. Okay, so how? How do you do that? How do you get self-focus into a disciplined state that changes everything? Well, let me give you an example or two in case you're groping for that. Can we talk about fitness and health for a minute? It is self Focus and self-indulgence that leads people to sit on the couch all evening and eat things that aren't good for them. You are letting your tendency to serve self destroy you and potentially put in jeopardy your relationship and longevity with others. But if you got that self-service under control, you would serve yourself in a different way through disciplined eating through 30 minutes a day of activity. That's still self-service. It's still you taking care of you, but it's doing it the right way for the right reasons to the right outcome, which is more strength and energy and ability to serve God and help others. We can talk about finances. 
and I'm planning an episode on that for next week. It is self-focus that leads to overspending. It is self-focus that leads to underworking. Sometimes it is self-focus that leads to overworking to the detriment of the people in your life. It is so much harder to make a job change, to find the right balance, to curb back your spending, to tell yourself no, so that ultimately you can tell yourself yes, kind of the Dave Ramsey concept, by not spending, by working smarter, not harder, by finding the right avenues You're actually serving your own interest, but in better, deeper, longer ways that will help people instead of hurting them. Maybe you can come up with examples in your own life. In fact, I'm challenging you to do exactly that. In what ways are you serving yourself to your own demise when you really owe it to yourself to control that monster, to get that powerful creature that's leading you one direction, to lead you in another, in ways that are still good for you and still think about you, maybe even first, but in a way that ultimately is God's plan for you. I think that's useful in spiritual discussions and faith and all of that, and it's useful in things like telling a 17-year-old why he needs to set his alarm in the morning and get his workouts in and chip and putt for two hours a day. That's all really about him, but he could have done a lot of undisciplined things for himself instead of that that would help no one, including himself, or he can take control and do those things for himself, which looks like will lead to some scholarship money for his dad, which of course is the whole point. Not really. Okay, let me get back to this. We're running out of time. You're like, Chris, you've got five minutes to tell me how to do all of that. Well, it's not a list today. It's not three boxes that you check. The best way to describe it might be cruel and unusual punishment in the short term to get to new habits and better behavior in the long term. It was super sad for me to research how elephants have been tamed. If it's so hard to do, how did they ever figure out a humane, casual, passive, kind way to do it, because that's how we all do things nowadays, right? Well, they never did. The process of taming an elephant, you can Google it, it's awful. They treat them terribly. They restrict them and punish them and starve them. It's just awful. And in that case, I think they should let all the elephants go free. And probably this will change the way you view elephants at the circus from now on. It will for me. But the point is, there is no passive, accidental way. It takes extreme and consistent pain in the early stages to break what they naturally are. But only then can they begin to train them to be useful and productive. And that was kind of Ben's message for Luke and his message for me in really a way that he has always lived. If you ask Ben now, is it hard not to eat meat or to get on the bike and go 20 miles or whatever he might be doing, now he would say, no, I have trained myself knowing that it is just the me monster in my life that I will always live 
with initial self-interest and even self-centeredness, not in a sinful way, just a natural way. I have trained that part of me to serve myself in ways that are good for myself, and now it comes fairly naturally, and other people in my life get to, he thinks, benefit from that, and I agree with that assessment. But in his life, it took some really hard decisions. No easy ways, nothing casual, nothing gradual. Sometimes you just have to say, never again, period. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what I want to do. I will not do this again. Even when it hurts, even when every ounce of my being is yearning for it, I will tame this monster. And then I will build good habits for my good and for others. So there's not really some nice, easy three-step cherry on top of today's episode. It might be time to look at yourself in the mirror and say, it's on. The part of me that is serving me is not serving my own best interests. Maybe it's health or finances or friendships or faith or whatever it is. We are going to go through a disciplined, hard, sacrificial, non-negotiable process. And that's not always just cutting something out. It may be adding things, adding good things. Maybe on Sundays, instead of going and being with God's people, which you don't want to do, you do other things that you do want to do, but that are not a part of God's plan. You might say, well, one day I'll want to change, and then I will. No, you won't. The monster is raging, destroying. It's time to take control. Here's some great news, and I'll say this about the elephants. Once they've tamed them throughout history, they have been able to march in wars and do amazing things, allow civilizations to be built, incredible features, strength beyond man's abilities. Once they were taught to do what was right, they did it very well. And as you go about drawing a line today and taking a hold of that me monster and saying, we are going to do this differently, please look forward to where that's going. Visualize a better version of you, still looking out for your needs, but able to look to others' needs first. That's awesome. That's a scenario where everyone wins, not just a part of you. Great things are coming, easy things, but it may be on the other side of a very hard thing, but a needful one. Determine in your heart and before the great God of heaven that today you will begin taming your elephant. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creationtorevelation.com. This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of Scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still 
more.